We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is another episode of the podcast. And today I'm actually recording straight from the Anchor FM website. Because, you know, I haven't actually done that yet. I've always recorded on a different device and then uploaded it to the computer and then to the website. So I'm trying to do it straight from the website. That way it's one less or a couple less steps to actually do this. Recording it straight there and it's going to be recorded. Excuse, oh my god, all of a sudden I'm sitting there talking and now I decide that I have to that I have to belch or hiccup or whatever the hell that sound was that came out of my face. Um so I don't know, I just it's it's uh it's Monday night. I decided, you know what, I'm gonna record something for this week. And uh you know, I ha- I've pulled up a few stories, uh, a few stories off of comicbook.com, some a story off of Kotaku and on LRM or Latino Review Media.com. I think it's what it's, it's what is it? It's uh, LRMonline.com is the website, but it's called Latino Review Media, I believe is what that stands for. Anyways, um, a bunch of things to talk about. We got some Star Wars, we got some. Some Marvel, we have some DC, we have 50 B-movies you should see before you die. So if you have COVID, now is the time to start watching some movies. No, I'm kidding. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. That was really, yeah, scratch that. I didn't, very inappropriate, Todd. Don't say stuff like that, because you're going to piss somebody off, and, and, I was trying to be funny, and it clearly, as soon as I said it, I realized that was stupid. Don't fucking say it again. Don't repeat it. Let's just move forward, and and uh, hopefully um, people are like, yeah, that was bullshit. Let's move on. Um, so the first thing I have here to talk about is over on Kotaku.com, there is a story that says, Vice City and Grand Theft Auto 3's source code has been reverse engineered. Okay. I'm not even sure. I mean, I understand what reverse engineering is, but why? I mean, these both of these games are, are you know, almost, well, I mean, I would say like 15 to like 18 years old at this point. Uh, This is what it says here. A team of fans have managed to reverse engineer the source code for both Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto Vice City, making the files available for download. Uh, This is great news. We've seen recently what reverse engineered games can mean to modders, uh, with Mario 64 being the biggest example. 
allowing it to be ported to PC instead of run instead of uh, of run via emulation. Well, that's not the key aim here. Both those GTA games are already available on PC. Source code also allows modders to create potentially new and interesting stuff like using Mario 64 as an example again, adding ray tracing to the game. That said, getting access to the source code does make porting to other platforms easier. And the team have already got the code running on Switch, Vi uh, Vita, and Wii U. Uh, while other, while also hoping to get it onto PS2 and Xbox as well. Um, I don't know if these people are aware, but those games were already on PS2 and uh, Xbox. <laughs> In fact, the the, the <laughs> the, those games are the reason why I had an Xbox and a PlayStation 2. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I... Yeah, I guess it could make for some really cool, like, um, kind of third-party mods for the game. I do remember a really cool mod for, for Vice City. And actually, I think it was also put on um, GTA 3 as well. There was a Back to the Future mod that would uh, give you the DeLorean because I think actually there was a car similar to the DeLorean in the the uh, the Vice City game. But the this mod allowed you to um, do time travel with it. You could switch. You can take it to your to a specific garage and then you can modify it to be the fifties era time machine or the uh you could also get the 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 steam engine uh time machine you could have just the regular time machine that doesn't fly you could have the the time machine that does fly yeah that was pretty cool it seems weird that they would they would uh port this when it's already available on those other those older platforms, although porting it to like the the Switch and uh, Vita and the Wii U, that's that's kind of cool because those systems I don't believe ever had that game. All right, so the next the next story I have here is from LRMOnline.com. It says big trouble in in Little China. 50 B movies you need to see before you die. I'm not repeating that stupid joke that I did because I was dumb. I shouldn't have never said it. All right, let it go, Todd. All right. <laughs> okay. This week on B movies on the B movie docket is Big Trouble Little Ch in Little China. B movies are the glue stuck between all of the other genres oftentimes refusing to conform to any particular genre presets. Some, but not all, of the hallmarks of a B-movie includes scripts that read like they were written by a room full of 8th graders, poor visual effects, cringe-inducing dialogue, low-budget production design, and zany plot... Uh, 
contrivances. I, 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 uh, contrivances. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Let me, let me, let me Google that word real quick because I'm, I'm clearly not contrivances. Uh, the use of skill to bring something about or create something. Okay, I'm still sure I'm saying it wrong. All right, uh, you're aware of the hallmarks, right? B movies often reek of amateur flair. Uh, the uh, th- uh, thought you were about to watch a great white shark hu- hunted dramatically like the Steven Spielberg can <laughs> thought you were about to and let me let me try that again thought you were about to watch the great white shark hunted dramatically like only Steven Spielberg Steven Spielberg I can say it I can can deliver nope it's sharknado <laughs> all right why do we we love B movies I think B movies are comforting you know what you're about to watch is bad. If you, you're fortunate, it may also be so bad it's good. You're, you're, you'll often scratch your head trying to work out the plot out of many good films you've seen, but you can talk a, but you can talk with uh, I bet you can talk with more vigor about the worst ones you've seen. They're unforgettable. Some something is com- comforting about that. I think. Besides, they've been around for just as long as the movie, the movie industry. All right. And he's always talking about. Um, he's talking about the. Uh, okay. What other movies do we have here? Is is he only talking about? I thought I was going to be talking about a bunch of different movies, not just um, Big 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 Trouble in Little China. So apparently, this this whole article is about Big Trouble in Little China. I know I've recently, in the last few years, have rewatched this, and there's some very cringeworthy scenes and dialogue. But overall, it has a very nostalgic feeling for me because it it reminds me of a different time in my life. Um. So I still like the movie. Yes, there are things that are problematic with it, and I have to, I have to kind of like just kind of roll my eyes at at those things and just continue to enjoy the rest of it. So um, I'm not reading this whole damn thing. Okay, there is something here about Mortal Kombat, though. I'll read this. Many characters outright inspired the creation of several characters from the iconic video game Mortal Kombat. Those that stand out are the clear resemblances between Raiden and and Lightning. Uh, And there is also the soul-sucking Sang Soon resemblance to David Lopin. So we can thank Big Trouble in Little China for helping inspire two of the original Mortal Kombat characters. Cool. 
Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I honestly did not make that connection until I just read that. Wow, I would have never, never would have picked that as a thing. <laughs> All right. So I guess I guess Lucasfilm is doing a Star Wars video series that will dive that dives deep into the sound design of the original trilogy. Now I don't know about you guys, but I'm old enough to remember watching the the uh, making of documentary that came out. I want to say it came out in like. I remember I remember watching it on on. On film, my before the before everybody had VHS players in their house, um, I remember my mom actually renting a, a projector from the library, and also getting a copy of Star Wars on film, as well as the making of the movie. So we got to see behind the scenes, like creation of characters you know costumes and there was a bit on sound design there was miniatures and models and even at that see keep in mind this is late 70s early 80s okay there was also a delete a, a, a couple deleted scenes that have well back then they weren't in the movie now you can see those scenes in the special editions because they've been added to the movie since then. In the original video with uh, Han Solo talking to Jabba the Hutt, he wasn't the slug guy we all you know, know and love to hate. Okay, In the original clip, he was kind of like a fat barbarian-looking Scottish dude. He had a very thick Scottish accent, if I recall. Um, properly, but in, all I do remember is that watching the behind-the-scenes documentary was almost as cool, if not cooler, than the actual movie, because I remember wanting to see more of that, and I remember watching that more than I actually watched the original movie uh, when I was a kid. But apparently they're doing a a, 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 a a video series, and this is what it says here, over on comicbook.com. A key component to the success of this, the original Star Wars trilogy is that not only were they ambitious and inventive visually, but the sound design had to blend futuristic concepts with real-world sensibilities with the video series on YouTube com uh, compelling, compiling rather a number of interviews with sound designer Ben Burt, B-U-R-T-T, to talk uh, about crafting the series' iconic sounds from beastly growls to laser blast to screaming ties, in-depth sound design pulled together, um, explanation for the most important sound effects in the films, featuring archival interviews about the effects. Check out the videos for Star Wars A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. All right. Over the course of, I'm in trouble here. Maybe that that will help. All right, there we go. Um, over the course of any given film, audiences are 
likely aren't anticipating how many sounds they might be hearing each scene. Though the sound effects artists don't have the luxury of taking things for granted. During a previous interview with StarWars.com about the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, Burt revealed exactly how many sound effects he and his team had to craft. Quote, I would say there were about 1,000 different things that needed to be addressed in the movie in terms of projects for sound effects creation. I went back a few years ago I could, uh, and I could, I counted them up, Bert revealed back in 2020, that conic the organic nature of the sound is the defining basis for everything done in Star Wars. Uh, then he says here, that was really, uh, that was, that was really George Lucas's direction from the beginning. So we got to, we got used to, that sort of thing, and looked for it. This sounds cool, man. I, I'm, I'm really interested in checking it out. I think I'm going to have to look for it, though. Um, let's see here. Is there video? Is there links to the videos on this page? All right. Let's see. Um. It's just linking to all right I don't I'm not seeing well I'm assuming it's gonna be something um, oh here we go there are links and I just didn't see them all right elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Now the lightsaber was the very first sound that I ever manufactured for Star Wars. At the time I was uh, just leaving USC Film School, I was a projectionist at the school. I had a part-time job. Huh. And in the projection booth were these old 35 millimeter theater projectors, which when they were just turned on and sat idle, they had a very interesting humming sound. It was part of the interlock motors in the projectors. And I used to be in the booth working and I would uh, enjoy that sound. It was a nice musical kind of hum. And when I saw the pictures of the lightsaber and the artwork for the film, I thought, wow, I think that hum of that projector motor is just the right thing. So I went and recorded the hum and held on to it as the basis for the lightsabers. As I thought about it some more, I felt that the hum was not quite dangerous enough sounding. It needed some other element. And the other element came about by accident. I had a microphone cable that was broken partially. And as I was carrying my tape recorder across my apartment one day and I went near the television set, the microphone picked up the buzz from the television picture tube, just a direct electronic nice. interference. And I took the buzz and combined it with the projector hum, and the two sounds together became the basis for the laser sword to produce the sound of the moving lightsabers. Nice. Well, the link to these videos will be in the show notes. I'll make sure of it. So 
definitely going to check that out later. All right, the next story I have here um, is Gremlin Star reunites with Gizmo for a new Mountain Dew commercial. Now, I watched this for the first time earlier today, actually. And I'm like, how did does this did this just come out today? Was this on the uh, the Super Egg Ball game? Um, and I just didn't catch it because I was actively not watching the game while it was being played in the other room. <laughs> uh, and it's it's you'll have to check out the video for yourself because it's it's actually kind of cute. It's very funny. Um, they're both, you know. Both Billy and Gizmo look, they look aged. They they don't look as young as they used to because they're clearly not. Gizmo has some gray in his hair and some wrinkles. And Billy looks like he's probably in his 40s or 50s. So let's hit play on this. Wait, hold up. Oh, it might help if, you know, damn it. Might help if I don't have it playing on the on the website because it doesn't. Work. Here we go. Want to try some of my Mountain Dew Zero Sugar? Try. It is tasty. And just as good as the original, but without any sugar. Uh, be careful. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Well, that I don't know if that was Howie Mandel or not, but that was still pretty fucking hilarious, if you ask me. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is what it says here on the article over on, on comicbook.com. As fans keep hoping for Gremlins 3, for a Gremlins 3 could move forward, um, for now we have the all-new commercial for Mountain Dew, in which series star uh, Zach Galligan... G-A-L-L-I-G-A-N. Galligan? I think that's how it's spelled. I always thought it was Gilligan, but no, I'm looking at it now. It says Galligan. All right. His reprises his role as, as Billy, um, marking a reunion between him and his beloved Gizmo. The commercial is part of the soft drinks campaign for Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, uh, which embraces the idea of, of being just as good as the original, only better, Keeping the line, keeping in line that the concept, the new commercial features, not only a welcome reunion for reunion and familiar rule breaking, but also new some new faces. You can check out the all new Mountain Dew commercial above. Blah blah blah. The the above commercial plays into the i. The idea that not only does Billy now have a daughter, but she had a mogwai of her own. Of course, no matter how much time passes, Gizmo fails to avoid getting himself wet, only to only to result in more mogwai being born. Whether his daughter is from a, a relationship with Phoebe Cates, well-known uh, Phoebe Cates' character Kate is unknown. Well, yeah, they don't really show the that. It's, the commercial's like what, less than a minute, maybe two. The first Gremlins hit theaters in 1984, 
and quickly turned Gizmo into a pop culture sensation, ultimately leading towards Gremlins 2, a new batch in 1990. There's plenty of life left in the franchise, which an upcoming animated project, Gremlins Secret of the Mogwai, aims to tap into, with uh, Galligan previously teasing that he could see the new series uh, garnering enough interest in the franchise for a live-action sequel. Quote, it seems like what they're going to do is re-educate uh, re 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 us on... Re-educate? Is that what that means? Oh, God damn it, I hate it when this happens. Re-educate, it's either misspelled or it's I'm just not reading it right. It is educate. Okay, and re-educate. It, it doesn't look right to me for some reason. Re-educate is what it looks like. All right, whatever. They, uh, they're doing is re-educate re us on the mythology surrounding Gremlins and Gizmo and Mogwai. And of course, most importantly, the three nebulous rules. Uh, he was telling this to Sci-Fi Wire. You have to figure that they're using the animated series as a stepping stone to a larger end game, which is a live-action Gremlins movie. What uh, would be that would be my assumption, and it's really not that much of a stretch to think that's what they're gonna do. He continued, "I would like to see some kind of." Reunification with Billy and Gizmo. The relationship between them is kind of the heart and soul of the, both movies. I would also like to see some expansion of the, some pivotal ideas in the series. I think we uh, should see some misapplications of the rules. I'd like to see what happens as various liquids hit Mogwai's if it causes strange things to happen or mutations. That's actually kind of a cool idea. Wow. Right on. That's actually a cool idea, dude. I, I would love to see that myself. All right. Next story. Rain Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is still in the works. I know a lot of people who do not like his Star Wars movie. Uh, the last, the the last Jedi. A, a lot of people that I know, well, I know at least five people that don't like the Last Jedi, and I, I have often said that I think people are looking too deep, or they're they're looking for meaning when when there really isn't or shouldn't be or whatever. I don't know. I, I just think people are, are anticipating too much and then getting disappointed because they didn't they didn't get what they anticipated. Or there seems to be like, okay, they didn't expand on this one thing, so what's going on with that? Why don't they talk about this? What's going on with that? Um, I don't know. I like them just fine for what they were, entertaining movies. I think people... Um, are, they're just reading too much into it. You know, it, they're, they're, and I've said this before, 
and I'm going to probably continue saying it to the day I die. It's a movie. It's only a movie. Fictional characters, people. Fictional characters. If you want a if you want a story to to be logical and to have like something other than just a popcorn story, watch watch something else. Star Wars is not the thing you want to get that from. It's not going to happen because these movies are literally made for kids. If an adult happens to like it, great, awesome. But they are meant for kids. How many kids shows do you know even attempt to have those things that you have a problem with these movies? The any movie that you that is is built on fictional characters. You know? And I think a lot of times people will um going in will anticipate it to it's gonna suck, it's gonna suck, it's gonna suck. And I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna fucking hate it. And then when it it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't hit them in the feels the right way, they just go, "Well, this sucks. This this guy sucks. That sucks. Why did they even do that? That's fucking stupid." And I I just tell them, "Look, you're 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 taking out you're taking the wrong thing from this. Uh, you should just kind of kick back, relax." If if you if your brain does not allow you to just enjoy what your eyeballs are seeing, maybe maybe you should you know uh, imbibe something, whether it be smoke or or alcohol. Get your brain to just kind of like enjoy the pretty colors, the cool sounds, that kind of thing. I think you're just you're analyzing too much. Um. Yeah. Anyways. I think I'm going to go on to the next story here. Actually, no, I haven't even read the damn story. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. I'll, 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 I got to I gotta go back to this page. I, I, I stepped away from that page. I'll be right back. All right. So the story here about Rain Johnson's Star Wars trilogy, this is what it says here on comicbook.com. When it comes to the world of Star Wars, it would seem that no news is good news, as Rain Johnson recently confirmed that he is still planning on planning to develop a trilogy of movies for Lucasfilm, but that there is no clear timeline for those projects moving forward. During the last, last December's investor investor days from the Walt Disney Company, a variety of projects were confirmed for the studio. With the absence of any comments regarding Johnson's previously announced films leading many to believe they had been quietly scrapped, only for him to recently confirm that it that is not the case, even if there is no schedule for those films to pro, to progress, I'm just going to post this now because I can see that I'm going to get a lot of requests. Yes, Rain's Star Wars trilogy is still on. No dates or timelines cause because he has other projects going on, but it's it is still happening. And this is what uh, Sarah Wilson Saria Wilson shared on Twitter following a lengthy interview 
with the filmmaker. That is all I know about it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I'm okay with it. You know what? It, 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 it certainly could not be any worse than anything George did for the prequels or any of the post editing changes he made to the original trilogy. Uh, you know, and then again, I, when I say things like that, I sound like that, that nerd who's like having a problem with blah, blah, blah. And you know what? You're right. But you know what? I'm okay with uh, those other things because I don't have to watch them. I can go back and watch the ones I enjoy. And, you know, I have rewatched the prequels recently in the last year. And they're not as bad as I remember but they're still not as great as everybody else is saying these days. I don't know how anybody, um, I don't know how anybody thought the love story between Padme and Anakin were, was anything but terrible. Um, it's honestly, we don't really need, and we don't need Anakin's backstory. I, I, I don't know. You know what? Scratch that. You know what? It's fine. We can have the story. Um, I thought the execution was terrible. The story, you know, him having a backstory isn't necessarily a bad thing, but how they did it was could have been better. Let's put it that way. It could have been better. All right. Next story I have here. I only got a couple, a couple stories left here. I think this might be a short episode, folks. Um. I can also probably stretch this out a bit too, or I might even just pull up another story before I end this. Um, the next story I have here, Blade Reboot title revealed as Marvel's Blade, the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Cool. In a fresh update on Marvel's upcoming Blade earlier today, and this was posted... On February 5th, I've been kind of sitting on this story for a while. Uh, da, 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 da. It was revealed that Stacy Osei Koffer, Koffer, a member of the award-winning Watchmen's Writers Room, has been tapped to pen the script for the reboot for the character. The Hollywood Reporter brought the news to the world with... Another minor update on the film claiming that the title of the movie is not just Blade. It will be Blade, comma, the Vampire Slayer. Comicbook.com has reached out to Marvel for clarification on the title for the movie and will update this article if we hear anything after publication. That's cool. Well, I'll keep reading and we'll see if they got an update. Uh, it says here... News that the film's title reportedly Blade the Vampire Slayer has some Marvel fans stoked about it and others questioning why Marvel would potentially confuse audiences with the title so close to Joss Whedon's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What? Uh, fucking Buffy fans. Oh my god, you guys are stupid sometimes. You do realize that Blade is older than Buffy, right? 
the 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 character Blade has been around longer than Buffy. You know what? Let me let me find out for sure when Blade came when when Blade was first published published published. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, let's see, Blade. Let me take a look here. All right, is is from from uh, a Marvel Wiki page, or it's called Marvel Fandom. Eric Brooks, also known as Blade, is from Earth six one six, and let's see first appearance. Where is it? Where is the first appearance? <sighs> All right. Early life. Uh, this is basically giving his backstory. I wanted actual like dates and okay. Okay. This page is not giving me what I need. Uh... All right. So according to Google, the first appearance of Blade was in a comic book in 1973, The Tomb of Dracula. So... The character Blade has been around easily 20-plus years before Buffy the Vampire Slayer was ever a thing, before the movie, definitely before the TV series. So for them to freak out that it sounds too similar to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, do you realize that the Vampire Slayer, that phrase, has been around longer than Buffy? God, you... Yeah. <sighs> Man. Some, you know, I, I, I get, I get it. They're, they're passionate fans and they think, they think because they haven't heard of it, that it must not have, not have been a thing. And this is clearly a a, a, a ripoff of something they're familiar with, which is much newer than what they're aware of. And yeah. All right, just it's just. Uh... <sighs> Todd, don't be an asshole. I know, I know, but come on, really, it's... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Am I am I getting through to you at all? Yeah. I, I just... Yeah. I, I, I need to get back to reading the story. Hopefully I can continue reading without, like, any more, like... Me saying like a few more times. Um, news? Okay. 
It's worth noting that the larger Walt Disney Company owns the rights to the Buffy film and series after acquiring 20th Century Fox. It seems unlikely that there's an actual connection between the two. After all, there's a comma in this one. Because that, you know, that makes a difference. Yeah, like I just said, the the comic book version of Blade has been around since the 70s. The original movie for Blade came out in, I think, uh, was it 98? And I'm pretty sure the uh, Buffy series didn't happen until like the 2000s. And I'm pretty sure the uh, original movie was like after Blade or around the same time. It came out in late 90s, if I recall. I actually enjoyed the, 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 the Buffy movie. The series, not so much. Or this is what else it says here. The the lengthier title, rather than simply Blade or Marvel's Blade, is likely uh, being done to differentiate it even further from the Wesley Snipes starring film. Though the movie was a hit and arguably kick-started Hollywood's craze for comic book movies after its premiere in 1998, Marvel Studios is in a unique position to continue re- uh rebooting properties that audiences are familiar with, but uh, which are now situated in the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, man. (laughs) They they did this uh, previously with Spider-Man, and we'll do it again with Blade, the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four. Two-time Academy Award winner uh, Mahar Salah Ali will take the titular role in the film with today's news revealing that he was part of the hiring process that selected uh, Osei Kafir as the screenwriter for the project. Uh, for for now, the studio will look to hire director to to board the project as it moves further into development. That's awesome. I you know what? I think people are. See, that's the problem when you, when you don't bother to research how old something is, even though you know that there was a movie made of it in the nineties and. Also, this other thing came out in the 90s. Um, so there must be some there must be some connection there. No, there isn't. The only the only reason, uh, well, the, the connection is they're both vampire killers. They're vampire hunters. Um, Blade was a much better story than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I will say it, I don't care who knows it. I still think Blade is a much better story. It's also a much better story than any of the Twilight movies as well. (laughs) All right. Last story I have here to talk about. I might pull up something else, but I think this might be the last thing because I'm getting tired. 
Uh, Henry Cavill not appearing as Superman in Shazam sequel. After months of speculation about the prospect, um, Variety reports that Henry Cavill will not be appearing in the upcoming Shazam Fury of the Gods as Superman. This confirmation comes after weeks of uh, unverified rumors and reports claiming that Cavill would, in fact, be appearing in the upcoming film, with Variety claiming that multiple sources who are directly connected to the production have revealed the lack of uh, Cavill's involvement. What's unclear, however, is if Cavill was ever attached to appear in the upcoming film, and if plans have since changed, or if there was never any possibility of Cavill reprising the role in for the sequel. I don't know. I I remember hearing that he was supposed to make the the uh, appearance in the first one. If you've seen the first one, spoilers, folks, Superman shows up at the end at, at school, but you don't see him from the neck up. You just see the body in the suit, big ass cape and all. Um, but it's it was clearly not Henry Cavill. It was probably like a body double or I mean, yeah, it was definitely a body double. It was probably like one of the guys who like was a, a stuntman or something for for Henry's uh version of Superman. Let's see here. Director of the new film, David S. Sandberg F. Sandberg, uh recently took to Twitter to vaguely address the rumors about Cavill. Uh, detailing how major productions can undergo a variety of changes for a number of reasons, not going to comment on casting rumors for several reasons. The the filmmaker tweeted, one being you can't be sure about anything until it happened, until it's happened. Halfway through shooting Shazam, the plan was still for Cavill to be in it. Scoopers could have, scooped that and have been right at the time, but wrong in the end. He jokingly added, though I can confirm that 90% with 90% certainty that Shazam will appear in Shazam 2. So if you're a fan of that character, you might enjoy Shazam 2. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just... <laughs> it's sad that you were probably not going to see him in that because that was the thing they were going to try to do. They were going to have him be in the first movie, but because of scheduling conflicts and for... They probably didn't want to spend the, the money to digitally remove his fucking mustache. Which is probably smart. They should have just fucking left it alone. Um, you know. Todd, don't be an asshole. I know. Fuck off. Let's just say this. I, part of the reason why I think the Justice League movie, the, the theatrical version, wasn't as good as people were hoping was because of the fact that halfway through production, the the director who was involved with the movie uh, was asked to step down because of family reasons, you know. 
And then he was replaced with somebody else who decided, you know what? I don't like the 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 route you're you're taking with this story, so I'm going to change a bunch of shit, and uh, it's it's going to make this movie absolutely garbage. Or at the very least, it's going to annoy the shit out of people. Um, and you know what? We're we're not going to spend the we're not going to we're not going to do uh, visual effects that will make Henry Cavill look like he doesn't have a. Uh, uh, a mustache. We will, we will give. Uh, we'll we will put special effects in place that will look like we're trying to cover up a mustache and not doing a very good job of it. Um, and we're also going to change the story in in such a way that people think that there's a bunch of gaping holes in the in the story. Well, there was. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm looking forward to seeing the Snyder cut or, you know, as it's being called now, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league, which will be coming out in March, about mid March, I think. So like in a couple weeks, I am really looking forward to seeing this. I, I, I plan on like not drinking or eating anything before I watch this movie. Cause I plan on watching the whole thing in one fucking sitting. I do not want to ever have... Well, you know what? Even if I did have to get up to pee or do something else, I'm watching it on HBO Max, so I'll be able to pause it at any given time. But I I intend to watch it in its entirety without leaving the couch. I'm going to sit there for four hours watching it from beginning to end. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. And... People are gonna probably piss and moan about this movie because it's four hours long and no <sighs> Shut up. Just shut up. You don't have to watch it. Go back and watch your favorite movie that you've watched a billion times over from beginning to end. Watch that. Watch something you do enjoy. Do not do not come in. And and watch this pissing moaning the whole way through, and then bitching about how how long it was and how terrible the story was. There were so many plot holes. Oh my god, the plot holes, the plot holes, the plot holes. Why can't why why does why does this not make sense? I don't understand why this doesn't make any sense. Why does it not make sense? Well, a couple things. One, it's a comic book movie. So physics and logic probably don't really have a lot to do with the story because we're talking about metahumans or people with super extra abilities that don't really exist in the real world. It's all fiction. So you don't have to like abide by like logic because it's fiction. Just fuck. You know what? Just eat your goddamn popcorn and drink your fucking soda and shut your fucking mouth and watch the goddamn movie. Don't be a bitch. Either do that or don't watch it. Those are your options. I don't ever want to hear anybody whining and bitching and moaning about this movie. A lot of us really wanted to see this because we felt like the other version was not what it should be. We know that Zach had had better better ideas for the story than what we got. And for those of you that don't like Zach's idea for Superman and Batman, 
you know what? Go eat a dick. Honestly, I enjoy those movies. You can go back and watch your Christian Bale. You can go back and watch your 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 uh, you know rest in peace Adam West. Okay, I I, I don't want to hear anybody whining and complaining about this movie. Period. Just don't want to hear it. Don't watch it if you think there's any in any way, shape, or form you're not going to enjoy it. Just don't watch it. Because I know, I fucking know it. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna bitch about the time, the length of the movie. It's too long. Why does it have to be four hours? You're watching it from home. Pause the video. Go pee. Go make a sandwich. Eat a Snickers. You're being a dick. (sighs) Go watch the other versions of those characters. There are plenty of other... Better yet, go read the goddamn comic books. See where they, they fucked up those other movies by not actually following the comic books. By how they changed those stories in those movies because they didn't want it to be a comic book movie. I'm referring to the, the Christian Bale Batman movies. They were supposed to be this real world Batman. You know what? For the most part, those movies were not terrible, but as a, as a comic book movie fan that I am, I did not like the fact that they, they had to do everything in their power to make it less of a comic book movie and more of a detective movie with really cool gadgets. You might as well made a fucking James Bond film. Okay. James Bond with Batman's rogues gallery. That's essentially what those fucking movies are. A a, a billionaire with cool gadgets and, and toys to fight the bad guy. Might as well not have the bat logo at all. Should be just driving around in an expensive supercar with armor plating and everything else. That's what those movies essentially were. They were James Bond with a bat theme. And Heath Ledger's Joker, as good as it was, it still wasn't the Joker. He's less of the Joker than than Jared Leto and... Joaquin Phoenix. Those guys were closer to what the Joker is than what Heath Ledger did. Heath Ledger just was a tweaker who dressed up like a a uh, one of one of the Joker's minions. I never thought of him as the Joker, so I know that's going to piss off a lot of people. And right now. With how I'm feeling right this very second, I don't care. I don't. I know a lot of people love Heath Ledger's Joker, and I and and you know what? That's fine. You can like it all you want. You can go back and rewatch that movie in as many times as you like. I saw it three times in theaters because I worked at a movie theater, and I had people who wanted to see it, so they utilized my access to free movies to watch that movie. And you know, at the time. I enjoyed the movie, but the more times I saw it, the less I started to like Heath Ledger's Joker. All right. 
I think that is it for tonight. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 206 Geek with me, Todd, the 206 Geek. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider giving my podcast a rating and a review over on Apple Podcast. If you're not an Apple user, um, you can, uh, well, all you really need to do is set up an Apple account. It's absolutely free, and you can do it from your computer. You just have to install iTunes. Um, you can get, go to where you can rate and review the podcast by going to rate.206geek.com. There's a link right there on that page for Apple. You can also give a rating and review over on Podchaser. Link is also on that page. And um, that one, that one's more or less just for that people that I know people like the podcast. The one for Apple is the one that really has some metrics that, that uh, the more people that rate and review the podcast, the more visible the podcast becomes on that platform and allows for more people to see the podcast and more people to download. And um, you know what? It, if that is too much, which is fine, I would I would like it if you did. But at the very least, Share it with your friends. Tell your friends to go to 206geek.com so where they can listen to the podcast. It takes you to where you can find all the new episodes and all the old episodes for that matter. Um, I do a live show on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you go to stream.206geek.com. That will take you to my Get Vocal profile, my, my Get Vocal channel, rather, and you can watch me do a live podcast and if you want you can even be a part of the podcast you can jump in grab a spot and talk to me about whatever we're talking about and that's every friday at 7 p.m pacific you can go to stream.206geek.com and uh thanks again for for downloading my show and listening to me babble for an hour uh and uh you know, it, it, it means a lot to me. It really does. Thank you. Good night.